Welcome back to the We Are Wayfarers podcast. We are Ben and Crystal Woods, and you are listening to Season 3, Episode 4, and we're so excited for our time together today. We're diving in on another Team Woods culture code, one that has absolutely shaped who we are and how we live. Today, we unpack how we look out for the left out and lead our kids to do the same, and we're so glad you're joining us. What a gift it is that you are back with us. So yeah, welcome back, Wayfarers. This is episode four that you are tagging in for, and I cannot believe it is December. Yeah, it's it's December. We're December, getting really close to des- the end of the year. December 2022. Like that is hard to process. That's hard to even say out loud. That makes no sense whatsoever. Other than, I mean, it's cold outside, so um, and we've even had snow a couple times. Yeah, that's kind of rare for us. We don't usually yeah. get a lot of snow. Yeah, yeah. So at but, least in December. But here we are. We are we're leaning into the Christmas time, right? It's it's Christmas time, and so our decorations are up. Our, I love our house at Christmas. Yeah, it's quite a process, though, isn't it? Because <laughs> everybody's excited for the, about what the first twenty minutes. And then when it maybe comes, less, <laughs> maybe less, and then there's just something about the progression over the next what could have been an hour and a half to two hours of putting them all up gets drug out until the evening and a negotiation of sorts. But Lila was so excited to put up Christmas decorations. She was asking like before Thanksgiving, can we do it? Can we do it? Can we do it today? And then it snowed. And I was like, well, I guess God's decorating for Christmas, so we can too. Yeah, (laughs) I, I, I think, well, especially when. There's something about, you know, like how long you can keep your decorations up. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's always people asking, like, how long is too long and how early is too early? And I always feel like I just I want them up longer. And mm-hmm. so it was just cool. And Lila was like, can we do this now? So but yeah, they 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 Ezra and Lila tend to lose interest fairly quickly in finishing strong when it comes to decorations. But um, this is such a special time. I know. For a lot of people, it's a special time, but as we've talked about before, it's also a heavy time. I know we we have so many Christmas traditions, you know, that that are so special to us, but in grief, we have had to fumble our way through figuring out a new way to do them, a different way to do them that's mm-hmm. still unique and still us and 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 yet has to be done differently, you know? Yeah. And it's been difficult to develop those. Like, obviously, we we miss Kala in so much of life, in every part of life. But these traditions that we have developed are so meaningful to me. They're just a way that I can continue to love Kala and continue to celebrate who she is and, and the mark that she's made on my life and on our lives. Um, our first Christmas in separation from Kala, we started to put up our stockings and it felt so wrong to just put up four. That didn't make any sense at all. 
And so we've decided to just put up Cala's stocking to put up five stockings and in Cala's stocking every year we just put Cala lilies for the for the whole time until Christmas. Um, and then on Christmas morning, it suddenly is full of gifts for her brother and her sister, things that make her, them think of her, think things that they enjoyed doing together or uh, memories that they made together. Um, it's been a way to honor the time and the impact that Kala has spent with us and to continue just to love her, to pour that out in so many different ways. Yeah. And it's. It's been a beautiful thing, I think, for Ezra and and Lila to, I think, just allow Kala to be woven into the specialness of Christmas morning, too. Mm-hmm. You know, all the things that, that we do. Um, it's in the craziness of sometimes unwrapping and the excitement of all of it. There's also a stillness of that the look on their face when they see something come out of the stocking that immediately makes them think of their sister because it's totally something that Kala would have gotten them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we've also, you know, I think of how how we do ornaments. I'm sure a lot of families do this, um, but you add ornaments every year. We just go to Hobby Lobby to that aisle of dangling glass um dangerous place to take children oh my goodness like and and and, it's and adults the, and I'm, it's, I'm not i'm yeah, always clumsier than they it's are narrow <laughs> narrow aisles and everybody's looking for you know some new ornament to add to the tree and well the only thing that we put on our our first tree our big tree is everyone adds an ornament every year and you and i've been doing that since we got married and so Every year, we're adding multiple unique ornaments. There is no theme other than straight crazy. So, I mean, there are there are Bigfoot, there are aliens, there are spaceships and tanks and bears and dinosaurs it's a and big bundle of poodles. ridiculous. I mean, it <laughs> is straight crazy on our tree, but it's so special to us. But just like you said, you know, our first Christmas in separation from Kala in 2019, we had to figure out how to do that. And I know I want to, I know one of the big things was she's not going to be adding any more ornaments to the tree. And so that was when we made the decision to, to acknowledge her love for Harry Potter. <laughs> and we grabbed some things and crafted a golden snitch. <laughs> and that has become our tree topper. And so every year we kind of would rotate who gets to put the tree, the tree topper on. And that's kind of our little way of giving Kala a shout out. Um, and every time you walk by the tree, every time you come down the stairs, every time you're in the living room, you see the shout out. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's she's beautiful. She's a part of our Christmas. She's a part of our family, a part of our home. And she's a part of the way we celebrate. Yeah. And here we are, it's December. And one of the things that I think has so beautifully worked out this way, not necessarily something we even planned, mm-hmm. like when we wanted to do Team Woods Culture Codes, we just started trying to map out when can we, mm-hmm. you know, the margin of time. And this episode is airing on December 6th. 
And December 6th is a very special day for us because that was the day that four years ago, Kala, in 2018, at the age of nine, launched her very own online slime shop. And so it's very fitting, you know, that that this lands on this day yeah. and that we had chosen to talk about a very specific Team Woods Culture Code that is in so many ways synonymous with Kala. Look out for the left out. And how it just sprang out of her like that. It was just how she lived her life here. Um, and that is like, that is the heartbeat behind her slime shop, even like why she launched it because she had fallen in love with these, these kids that were on the other side of the planet that her daddy was going to visit every year on a mission trip. And she wanted to go. She wanted to be there. She wanted to meet them. She wanted to have that experience. And so she and, started. And I think she, don't you think she felt like she had the inside track because she also got to FaceTime with some of them. Oh she, yeah. We'd watched them I mean, grow up. And, but at church, she would be the one that kind of got to go up in front of everybody and tell updates to, to all the kids in the ministry. I mean, at her preschool, she got to be a part of those connection points between things happening on this side of the ocean and things happening in this ministry, Forget Me Not Ministries in Tinka, Romania, yeah. a ministry that's very near and dear to our hearts. And so, and is very near and dear to Kala's heart. She has yeah. always been involved and excited and connected with what the work, with the work that they're doing over there. And I think, um, her love for FMN and her love for those kids um, was was such a such a, a catalyst for why she even started and launched her slime shop, and um, it's been a beautiful privilege to continue to press into that mark that she started that those the mark that she made by keeping her slime shop open. Yeah, I I think that you know. In some regard, people could look at slime and just be like, oh, I don't want that in my carpet. I don't want that anywhere in my house. This, that, whatever. I get it. Stuff is straight crazy. I have learned a lot about slime mm -hmm. from Cala. <laughs> I love but slime. I, but it's, it is so therapeutic. I mean, it is, right? I mean, it, it is, it's fun to play with. But I think what I'm struck by is all we've known to do is just keep following her lead. And we didn't have to come up with some other idea to honor her. We just followed her lead. And so we made a choice to keep her slime shop open. Yeah, because, yeah. and her slime shop is so much a part of her. Like she picked the logo. She made the recipes. She chose the marketing plan. Like she did oh, it she, all. Yeah, she mapped the whole thing. I mean, I, her slime journal with all of her handwritten notes of all of her recipes. And, and even her slime file that she typed up herself on my computer. like Oh, and, and the handwritten notes yeah. um, that, that she would make um, for everybody. Like, I, I look at how God has been redeeming so much and healing so much with the simplicity of something like slime because of the deeper purpose behind it. Kala just took what she knew to, to do. She was so determined to get herself to Romania <laughs> that it was like, well, I'm going and I'm going to figure out how to pay for it. 
Uh, so I know how to make slime. I'm going to make slime and I'm going to share that with people. And that entrepreneurial spirit just took off. But since her rescue, it's been our honor to keep her store open. And what is so mind-boggling is that to date, we have alongside hundreds of other volunteers and people that have connected with Calistory and they know her and they know of her and she is and they are known by her. Collectively, we've made over 2,000 pounds of slime. That's a ton. A ton of slime. It's in 43 states and now in eight different countries. And over $125,000 has been raised through slime and T-shirts and just the generosity of people that have been touched by her story. And all of that is going to Forget Me Not Ministries for the the specific purpose of furthering the work that they do to love and lead and care for children, families, kids at risk of trafficking and child marriage. They're doing so much beautiful work and Kala's Slime Shop is continuing to further contribute to that. Yeah. And it's not something that we set up or we organized or we we started. We asked, forget me not, if they would be able to accept memorial gifts um, in, given in honor of Kala. And they created this project specifically in her memory and specifically to honor her. And so they've started the Casa Kala project to be a facility that will house and help and educate and protect these teen girls who are at such risk of violence and trafficking and child marriage and all kinds of dangerous things to kids so young. Um, And it's such a beautiful testament to the heart that God put in Kala and the ways that he continues to work um, through her example and through her love and the way that she has looked out for the left out. Yeah. And so we're actually gearing up this week, rounding up a whole bunch of friends to make some more Kala slimes to be ready for Christmas. Yeah. And so going back to some of her original, original recipes, very the first ones that she started recipes, with, the ones she so started cool. with. And so um, all of that, I mean, we are, I mean, they're, if you're wanting to do some Christmas shopping, I'll just throw it out there. They're perfect stocking stuffers. It's a beautiful way to give back to support Forget Me Not Ministries because every penny of profit we pass on to them. And so when you buy anything uh, from lovelikecala.com, every bit of the profit we pass on. And so if you want to do some Christmas shopping, that's not a bad idea. If you go to thebraveweighhome.com and you grab some Wayfair swag, that furthers the ministry of the Brave Way Home. That does all kinds of beautiful things. But specifically, lovelikecala.com, everything there, all of the proceeds go on to FMN. And just like you said, it's perfect that we're talking about look out for the left out on this day. Because that story of how that even came about, that circles all around Cala. Oh, very much. I, I I remember we were driving on Carver Street. We were on our way to school. Uh, Cala was in second grade. 
And we would swap off back and forth. I would pray one morning, she would pray the next morning. And I will never forget where we were at when she, we were talking so much about the way she's trying to love and be a good friend, kids at school, the way she's trying to help other kids out and invite them into things at recess and just be that sweet, kind friend that she is. And I remember it was out of nowhere because it was, here we are, we just got done um, talking about this and we're getting ready to pray. And she goes, Daddy, we should be praying over all of these homes that we're driving by. Like all these families, we should be praying over them on our way to school. And I remember thinking, why didn't I think of that? Uh, But it was in that prayer that those words came out of my mouth for the very first time that God, would you give her the eyes to look out for the left out? Mm. And it just stuck. It stuck with Kala. It stuck with me. It stuck with us. And it very quickly became a Team Woods culture code to look out for the left out. Yeah. It's something that each of us knows. Like we, It's ingrained in us that we are the people who look out for the left out. We are Team Woods. This is what we do. Yeah. And I remember how it 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 not only it, it moved from our family to um, the young adults ministry that I was getting to serve in and lead in it it ended up moving beyond that like I, I remember um, w- on a weekend getting prepared to preach and right before it for family devotions I, I, I was getting to preach uh, the good the Good Samaritan the story of the Good Samaritan mm-hmm. and in Luke 10. And I remember for family devotions one night in preparation, just before preaching that weekend, I was circled up with Ezra and and Kala while you were putting Lila to bed. And I remember just reading the story of the Good Samaritan to them, okay, about how you got some guys that could have done something and they didn't. And then the one guy that no one is expecting to do anything does everything necessary to truly take care of somebody mm-hmm. in desperate need. And I remember reading the story to them and I turned to them and I was like, so what does that make you think of? And they both, Ezra and Kala said it simultaneously, like in unison. They were like, well, you look out for the left out. And I will never forget the look on Kala's face because she was looking at me like, well, duh. Like it was very much like, Dad, do you really not connect the dots on this? Like that was the look on her face. Oh, that that is so vivid in my mind because it was a powerful moment, a powerful reminder that it stuck. They were connecting the dots that when Jesus is teaching very specific things about the way we are to relate to one another and connect to one another and serve one another and love one another by framing it through lookout for the left out in all that we're trying to do, our kids are connecting the dots between God's word and the way we are to live. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it was a powerful moment. Absolutely. This code belongs to all of the Woods kids, but it just has, it has such a special significance when we um, apply it to sweet Cal, girl, because she has lived it out so, so beautifully. Uh, it's been an honor to hear so many parents share with us, tell stories about how Kala looked out for their kid. 
to hear her teacher share about how she included and cared for and was such a leader in her school, like to her classmates, to the kids who didn't quite know where they fit. She was their person. Like, Yeah. I, look out for the left out was synonymous with Kala way before she got sick. Yeah. Like she, her reputation, she was known as the kid who was going to make sure that everyone was involved and everyone was included. Like I, I think often Kala's leadership, like this girl always had a plan and that plan always included you. One of my favorite stories that her teachers tell is that uh, when she had really gotten into the whole rainbow loom thing, those little, <laughs> those little rubber band bracelets, um, and she had saved up some of her money to buy this big kit full of rubber bands and this like Tupperware organizer. Uh, and she took that to school with her. And I had I had been a little apprehensive about letting her take it because I was like, you're going to have to share this. And she's like, oh, that's, I know that's the plan. But to hear it from her teacher's perspective where they look over and there's just a group of kids just all huddled working very vigorously on something. And uh, they said, what's going on over there? And Mrs. Kaufman said, oh, Kala's over there. It's okay. <laughs> like, And what are they doing? They're making the longest rainbow loom thread ever. Everybody working together. Everybody jo like making their pieces, joining them together for a huge product. product. Um, and that's just, that's just how Kala is. That's how she is. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I remember when Miss Kaufman shared with us the story about um, – She'd written a play. She'd write plays, right? For and and Calla had written the play. Yeah, yeah. Calla had written the play, and and like had a spot, had a role for everybody in the class. Like, I mean, visionary, right? I I would always say Calla Calla's either incredibly visionary or bossy, um, or both, because <laughs> she didn't share creative control with me when we were playing with certain things. But like, I I think of it. There's there's so many stories like that. But that is the heart, the lookout for the left out heart, and I think that's. That's the same heart um, that came with her right into the hospital through her fierce faith that God has used her simple, small steps of obedience to fix a lot of eyes on himself. And I think of how many holy ripples we have got to bear witness to because of those simple, small steps of obedience. Absolutely. Kala has made such a beautiful mark on this world, so many beautiful marks on this world. And here we are now, missing her fiercely, and yet we get to talk about her often. Uh, and learn from her example. Yeah, but to be invited into schools now, several at this point, to come and share about our Kala, to share about Lookout for the Left Out, about who she is and how she lived in her life here, and the example to look out for the left out, how it can be an inspiration for every kid that they can change the world too. And we found ourselves like having to formalize and capture build language build around. language around it because we know how we've taught it to our children, yeah. but to replicate it, um, in a broader sense, I mean, to us, it has always been 
it started with prayer. And so it's continued that way that God give us the eyes to see, open our eyes so that we can see the needs of others, open our hearts to feel the needs of others and open our hands to meet the needs of others. We have to be looking. We have to be attentive, but we also have to enter into those, those moments with in, empathy, mm-hmm. right? Feel the needs of others. Mm-hmm. But if we're not ready to act and meet the needs of others, well, then we're maybe just spectating, right? We're maybe just observing. And so for us, we've, we've been developing the language of how we move from teaching our children this to teaching everybody else this. Mm-hmm. And getting to share in schools about Callis Slime Shop, too, and how she started it to bless other people, how she's using what she has available to her, the skills that she has developed and acquired to help those who are being overlooked to look out for the left out. And it's been such a privilege to see how that sparks things in other people and other kids of how, how can I do that? What can I do to look out for the left out in my world and to see the, their ideas and the ways that it just, it's a, it's a fire that spreads like yeah. it, it, it well, just and goes. There's something about slime that kind of makes the idea stick, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, I, I remember you speaking and your puns. Oh, but speaking <laughs> speaking at a at an elementary school and when we just spoke those few moments in that classroom about about her slime uh following the assembly and every kid in that class was like I'm ready to come, I'm ready to work, let's get it done. Can you right? hire me? Like one, one, you know, one you know what I mean? Said, yeah. And fast forward to to and this is Rock Creek that we're speaking of, like fast forward to when we had a slime making day with 160 like third through fifth graders making slime all day long at school. It it's helped it stick. They've remembered it and they've attached it to who can I look out for the left out? When and where should I be looking out for the left out? Where can I act? And I I'm blown away by that. Because a Team Woods family culture code in our hopes of discipling our children, what we're watching unfold is that culture expand, right? Mm-hmm. You embrace, you embody, and you experience. We're watching people embrace the vision of it and embody the values of it, and others are experiencing the closeness because someone chose to look out for them. And here we are now currently forming a team of educators and administrators who are helping speak into and helping us design a lookout for the left out program that will allow us to walk into schools on a larger scale, a wider scale, and share Cala's story and the heart to look out for the left out, to truly serve schools and shape school cultures by the way that we better equip teachers, administrators, in the way that they're shaping the hearts and minds of kids all over the place. We're even about to go to Minneapolis to launch in January the very first Look Out for the Left Out sermon series in a church because they've embraced the heartbeat and they're going to do a whole teaching series on it. And with small group curriculum and everything, because Mm -hmm. we are going to get to create a church resource as well. 
all these holy ripples that we never saw coming, but God continues to pave the way for. Yeah. It's a culture code that translates to all kinds of environments. Mm -hmm. I mean, schools, organizations, ministries, staff teams, businesses, churches, and obviously, absolutely, families. Yeah. And in our family, we've had so many beautiful um, moments to witness how that has marked the hearts of our kids. I think of Ezra, who in kindergarten invited this little friend that he had made at school to church. And his friend and his family came to church. And from that one invitation, um, that family has become a part of our family. They've become a part of our our tribe, our circle. They are they our are people. people. Yes. yes. Um, and in middle school, Ezra invited another one of his best friends, actually two. Um, one of them came to church with him, and then he came with his family. And the same thing has kind of unfolded there. Um, and it's been just a beautiful thing to witness how Ezra is sharing his faith. He's looking out for the left out, and he's inviting other people to know who his king is, to experience Jesus and his church. And I think that is definitely very much the heart of looking out for the left out. Uh, pronouncing this code in our family is is how we teach them, how we encourage kindness and how we communicate that we value inclusion and empathy and sacrifice that we expect and, and we're going to celebrate sharing what we have and what we know with others because it's how we open our eyes and our hearts and our hands to a hurting world, how we run to the wounded, how we pattern our lives after Jesus. The heart of Jesus as expressed in his interactions with people sure seemed to be about look out for the left out. It's hard to not have that lens when you read the stories of him interacting with people. I mean, seeking and saving those who are marginalized, overlooked, outcast, and left out. We want to be the ones that imitate that heart in our everyday lives. We want to have a lens of look out for the left out on our eyes, on our hearts. And so it is seen in our hands. We want to have a plan to call those who were once far off just like us. That is the love of Jesus pouring on to others through us. And it's it's been how we can show our kids what the heart of Jesus is like. Look out for the left out is just the language that allows that to be seen in so many stories, in so many contexts throughout scripture. So many examples, so many encounters. Mark 2, the paralytic, mm -hmm. right? The, the, the dude who could not get to Jesus on his own, but his buddies, four dudes who carried him on a mat, took him through a crowd up the roof because they couldn't find a way to get to Jesus. They tore a hole in somebody else's roof so they could get their friend to the feet of Jesus. That, that is a beautiful example of looking out for the left out. But also, when Jesus was encountering the man with leprosy right before those moments, the reason why there was such a crowd you know, that are following him everywhere. Jesus can't go anywhere at that point in his ministry without people being like, oh, Jesus is coming down, round up everybody. But he encountered a leper. And this guy, like, I mean, social outcasts of social outcasts, they had to yell, hey, I'm a leper and I'm here. 
to announce so that everyone would know to scatter and get away from them. Mm -hmm. Like they are the left out of the left out. And Jesus didn't just have a moment with him. Jesus touched him. Maybe the first time he'd been touched by another person in years. Yeah. That is a beautiful example of Jesus's heart to look out for the left out. And when you look at scripture through that look out for the left out lens, it just jumps out at you. So many examples of the way that Jesus lived all through the gospels is look out for the left out. He's going, he's leaving the 99 sheep to go after the one. He's celebrating when a, a lost son returns home. He's running to him with open arms. He's calling people who are on the fringes of society to be his followers. Every every miracle, every healing, every demon cast out, these are all people that had been written off by everybody else I, over and over. He came to seek and save the lost. Yeah. And don't forget Zacchaeus, the wee little man, right? He's going to his house. <laughs> you don't want to sing it? I was really hoping you were going to sing it. But over and over again. Yeah, it's been such a beautiful way to to show our children what the heart of Jesus is like and what it looks like to model that because it's it's not just shaping our kids, it's shaping us. Look out for the left out is a huge part of the heart posture behind the Brave Way Home that we know that there are others right now who are walking that often difficult and painful, the brave way home. And we want to run to them. We feel compassion for them. We want to lock arms with them. We want to remind them that this is not home, but that there is a home up ahead. We want to pull forward, lift up and support and walk toward Jesus with them. It's it's just the, the way that we feel compassion and empathy for others, the pull that we feel to help people who are suffering. It's the reason that we do the work that we do. And it's both attitude and action. It's it's how compassion compels action. And so it's it's both framing our attitude to be expectant that God is going to put people in our path to love them like he does. And when we recognize these moments, we lean into them and we attach tangible action to them in order to connect, in order to engage, to love and point other hearts to the heart of Jesus, because this is the way of Jesus. But look out for the left out is a challenge for everybody, for kids, for adults. It's inviting somebody to sit with you at lunch when they're all alone at school. Or it's shutting down when you hear gossip about somebody behind their back. It's here, right in front of us. It's, you know, maybe across the street, maybe it's across town, or maybe it's across the world. There are so many opportunities for us to model the heart of Jesus, to look out for the left out by having our eyes open to see the needs of others, our hearts open to feel the needs of others, and our hands open to meet the needs of others. But it requires expectancy. It requires intentionality. It requires sacrifice. It requires humility, obedience, and love. Because what do we always say? Love is a choice way before before it's it's an emotion. emotion. It's not easy. It's costly. But it's worth it. So as we wrap up this time right now, maybe, maybe the questions come back to this. Who needs you? 
Who needs a friend like you? Who needs your kindness? Who needs your compassion? Who needs noticed? Who needs known? Maybe, just maybe, God has put them in your path for a purpose. And by maybe, I mean definitely. (laughs) But I think if we can ask ourselves questions like that, God can grow our hearts to be look out for the left out kind of hearts. So be expectant. Look for your moments. Have your eyes open. Have your hearts open and have your hands open. We're praying that this conversation sparks other conversations in your home, in your workplace, in your environments. That you would think about what look out for the left out looks like for you and how God will use your obedience to live out His heart in the world around you.